Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 28th of November. How are ya? You all good? Man, you know what? I'm fucking over podcasts, man. I'm off it. Um, I think I'm... I've just, like, been having my phone on me way less. Oh, you know what? I say that, but I actually just spent half an hour watching a video giving advice to time travellers going to the Middle Ages. So maybe I'm not quite done wasting time, but I don't know, man. I just, I feel like I'm kind of, I used to say that I was a fan of podcasts. I don't know that I am. I haven't even really been listening to Bill Burr that much. I'll still listen to him because I just, I love the guy, but it's Bill Burr and it's a one Tottenham podcast and then the Guardian Football Weekly and that's about it. I don't know, man. I feel like podcasts was so big, you know, it's been a whole thing. Ooh, podcasts is massive. And now... I just, I think having really genuinely trying earlier this year to do my own podcast and then like failing at that and just realizing that it's not something that I'm interested in at all has completely disabused me of the notion that I would make a good podcaster, you know? I just don't care about it. It's not... And like maybe when podcasts started and it was all exciting... And it was a thing that you could just do and people were interested in it just for the reason that it's a podcast and that's it, you know, like that, that was exciting. But what they are now, I feel like all podcasts that come out, they're very, you know, produced and I'm just not that interested in listening to a bunch of people talk uninterestingly for like three hours, you know, Joe Rogan sucks. (laughs) And this podcast, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I still I don't know why I do this. Um, how are you guys doing, man? Oh, you know what? I'm drinking my tea this week out of uh, the what I look for in a mug is something that's like wide. It's got a bit of width, but not too much, but like bigger than those standard, you know, like a thin, just like a fucking perfectly circular mug that you would get at like a Kmart or something the standard issue one I hate those they're kind of thin they're a bit small I want want one that's a bit girthier than that but not too girthy like some fucking you know completely oversized just a bit girthy and uh there's one mug in our kitchen that I really love but I think everyone loves it it's got a funky pattern on it but it's it's just kind of neutral but it's still fun and I usually like to get that, but I haven't got that today. And there are a bunch of friends mugs in our cupboard. There are two and uh, they have the cast of friends on them and friends, you know, and I just don't like using them that much because like, I don't really like friends. I don't know. I've got nothing against friends, but it was never my thing. And for some reason, I'm like, I don't want to drink out of a friend's mug. I don't even like that show. <laughs> I guess if it matters. Um I'm drinking out of a friend's mug today and I looked at it and I was just like, should I, as a prank, put like, like black tape over Matthew Perry's face? Is that funny? Just to spend five minutes doing that, not say anything and then someone grabs it out and they're like, <laughs> just to leave that for someone to find. 
Matthew Perry died and I just fucking black out his face on the mark. <laughs> Maybe put like a, yeah, a bit of black duct tape and then white out like RIP. Just put that over his face. <laughs> I think that's funny. Man, Ross and Jennifer really were the main characters in that show, huh? They're in the middle of the thing and they're hugging. You know, there's a... Um, a like an advert or something that I always look at. It's on the corner of Elgin Street and Ligon Street where the number six and the number one trams turn off of Ligon Street to go on to Elgin Street. And they stop at the tram stop there. And if you look out north out of the window, there's an advert. It's like for skincare or something. It's these four pretty women standing together and I always think it's interesting to see the way that they're standing because the two blonde girls are in the middle and then on the left there's an Asian girl and then on the right there's a black girl and uh, it's almost like the they're arranged in order of like you know racial like acceptability because the most blonde girl the blondest is like smack bang in the middle of the shot because there's there's four of them but they're standing slightly off center in the image and the blondest one is standing right in the middle and then the kind of sandy haired one is next to her and they're both facing inwards and then outside of them is the two minorities (laughs) i always i look at that and i just think like it's so transparent what people in marketing and whatever you know do right because they're still pandering to the same like kind of ingrained prejudices and biases that were biases that we have about race and and um you know attractiveness and whatever and it's just it's right there if someone came from another society if a medieval person time traveled here and they wanted to know What's the racial hierarchy in this society? Look at that photo, mate. There it is right there. It goes blonde, brunette, and then (laughs) non-white. There it is, mate. You know, try as we might to, uh, to change that. It's being subtly reinforced all over the store, you know, all around us by advertising and marketing and fucking whatever. I love this video. It was really interesting, dude. I liked it. The guy's talking about, it's a good, it's a fun premise. He's like clearly a big fat nerd, you know, and uh, he just wants to share his information with people. And so he's trying to figure out a way to do that that's like palatable. So he's a big nerd for like medieval times and he's like, how can I put this information in a kind of bite-sized chunks for people to digest and understand and be interested in so that I have a use for this thing that I care about. And so he's like talking to you as if you've like planned a holiday in your time machine to go to medieval Europe. And he's talking about like money, where you're going to sleep. The thing that interested me, now what was it? There was like, he was talking about your backstory. Like you're going to have to have a backstory and uh, the two backstories that you could probably have, because if you go somewhere and you say you're from there, like if you went to Paris and you said, I'm from Paris and you were speaking the old French that was prevalent in Paris in the Middle Ages, you couldn't just say, I'm from Paris because people would 
know that you're not from there because, oh, first of all, he talks about the state and he talks about how if you're like, um, if you're mugged or, or pickpocketed or whatever, there's really no recourse for you in terms of like crime punishment or whatever. Like there wasn't a state that was looking after people and the main way that was like a deterrent for people to fuck with you was like family bonds and the bonds of like your guild or your profession and your employer was the people who would protect you if you were a member of a household, if you were like a serf on the land working on some farm for some lord, the lord would protect you. So if someone was like, I'm going to fucking steal from that person, the main thing deterring them would be that either your family would do payback or the or your lord or whatever. And that function is kind of taken up by the state now. But back then, familial ties and ties in your profession were much stronger. And because of that, if you went somewhere and people didn't know you, they would know that you weren't from there because the networks were strong enough, right? Isn't that interesting? So you couldn't just go somewhere and say, I'm from here because they would know that you weren't. Or you couldn't say, I'm from a village 10 miles away because then they would eventually, someone from that village would rock up and they wouldn't know you and then everyone would know that you're talking shit. So you would need a backstory and he said the two main backstories that you could have because if you were far away from home, there needs to be a reason or else people are like, what the fuck is this person doing? And the two main ones are if you're a merchant or if you're a pilgrim. And a pilgrim, this is what I thought was really interesting. A pilgrim is someone who travels, you know, like for a religion. But it's like the closest thing that we have to tourism. That pilgrims are traveling to like Rome or Santiago de Compostela or, or Cologne or Paris or Canterbury. These religious sites, right? And that's because back then religion was like, I guess, what do you call it? Like the culture or the thing that people gave a fuck about and that was their lives. And that was close to tourism. And now our religion is, what the fuck am I talking about, man? (laughs) I'm really off on one today, huh? Um, (laughs) I don't know why I'm talking about this, but today the religion that we have is humanism, right? And like we, back then it was like glorifying God and and talking about, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was about. It was about God. Was that their whole thing? God, Jesus, faith. And now our whole thing is like glorifying the human spirit and experiencing things and having a full life and... uh a part of that is going to, and, and like art, art is like a big thing that we care about because art, the value of art is it, it makes you feel things and feeling things is the most important part of being human. And so we kind of place that stuff that makes you feel shit. That's really important to us. And so where do we go? We go to places that have heaps of stuff that's going to make you feel things like Paris is the city of love. You go there and you feel love and you look at the buildings and you go to the Louvre and you see these galleries and you experience art and you go, oh my God, I feel so alive. In the same way that a thousand years ago, they would have gone, you know, to Rome and gone to the Vatican and prayed at that church and and fucking looked at the Pope 
and been like, oh my God, I feel so close to God right now. Our God is art. And that's why we go to the places that we go to. Isn't that so fascinating? We're the fucking same. There are differences, but there are, you know, people, dude. (laughs) Oh, good tea. Come on. So, yeah. Hey, how's last week? I went on my first full day drive for my new job. And I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but uh, I drove the whole day. It was fucking hard, dude. It was hard. I've got another one tomorrow. I've got... So last week, I went on the first full day. Oh, wait. Here we go. I went on the first full day. (laughs) When's that going to not be funny? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sing your way through a yawn, brother. Last week, I went on the the first full day of driving without having to talk about the stuff on the tour, talk about the stuff on the tour. And um, so I was just driving just to basically see that I can do the drive, that I have the stamina for that. It's 12 hours of driving, 700 Ks. And, you know, I woke up at 10 to 5 and uh, went to the depot, got in the bus and then drove the bus, picked the people up and then we go out on the trip and we do all of that. And fuck man, the first bit of the day, I was so tired. I was really thinking like, oh my God, maybe I can't do this. I just, I kept looking at my fucking phone, like that was on the directions, just like how long, you know, I remember at one point it was like an hour to the next stop because the first chunk of driving in the morning is the longest bit. So it was like an hour to the next stop. And then I looked again, it was like 53 minutes, 47, 45, 41, all the way fucking down. And then when it got to like 15, I kind of started to feel like, all right, I'm going to be okay. And then eventually we got to the first stop and I had a bit of food and I got my second wind and I was all good for the rest of the day. And, uh, I was really proud of my driving, man. I feel like I drove well. I was attentive. I was smooth. I wasn't hard on the engine. I was going slower than some of the other buses on the road, but that's all right because I'm new and they've, you know, whatever. And then we were half an hour away from Melbourne and we were going to do the drop-offs and I was like starting to feel like I fucking did it, man. I did it. I did this difficult thing that I set out to do. And then we heard a big clunk in the engine and immediately, like in a minute or two, the bus started to overheat and uh, we slowed it down, pulled over on the side of the highway and the person who was like my, you know, supervisor or whatever for the day opened up the engine and was just like, oh boy. (laughs) And uh, long story short, we had to call one of the other buses of the company to drive out to us pick us and all the customers up and then drive us into town and finish off the thing. And so I ended my day there. I didn't drive anymore and I still feel like I did it, but I didn't have to clean the bus, which also means that I haven't yet had the experience of cleaning the bus. So I'm not, you know, whatever, but I I was proud of myself, man, for the day. And I got tomorrow the full day of, I'll still have a, a supervisor there, but I will be driving and also on the microphone talking to everyone and kind of letting them know 
what's going on, telling the stories and all this kind of stuff. And um, that's very exciting. Uh, it currently is 12.30 in the afternoon, just after lunch. I had a bit of food. After I record this podcast, I'm going to sit down and go through the tour and make sure that I have something to say at all the stops. How cool, you know? And once I do that tomorrow, that's it. My training's done and I'm a fucking full tour guide and I'll just be on trips. I'll be on the roster. And my checklist to myself to complete this task of, if you remember, my three, I'm allowed to do three projects at once in my life so that I don't overload myself with stuff. And one of them is become a fully trained tour guide and... The last things is I've said I'm going to do my training tour, which is tomorrow, and then five full solo Great Ocean Road tours. So that'll be all I have left is just to do five. And I reckon, by the way, I'm going. If I get checked off tomorrow, I reckon I'll do five by the end of the year. If I get checked off tomorrow, then my boss has already said I'll probably do another one on Friday. And then that'll be two lots of 450 bucks plus work on Saturday, which will be like another two, 300 bucks. I will have made a grand this week get fucked i'm gonna be okay i got my fucking tax return back today it was 2700 bucks i'm fucking finally going to have the capacity to pay off my loan do you know how much my loan's still at let's fucking have a look man god damn it dude money can fucking go and get fucked hey it's really hard to save money my loan is at Oh, I'm under 10 grand. That's pretty good. Negative $9,723.09 fucking cents. Ah. <laughs> do any of you guys owe money to anyone? Do other people have loans out? And I'm not talking about a home loan. If you have a home loan, yeah, you owe money, but like you're paying off the place where you live at. It's smart. If you have a home loan, you rock and you're, I think you're fucking crushing it. I don't have a home loan. I have a, let me go bum around in Greece for a month. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me <laughs> just not have to think about the fact that I don't earn enough money to do the things that I want to do loan. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. I told myself that I'd have it paid off by Christmas. Bullshit, Aiden. One thing at a time. You know what? Maybe that should be my next project. <gasps> Maybe rather than have a new project when I finish this, get fully fucking driving as a tour guide. Maybe once I cross that fifth Great Ocean Road tour off, the next project should be pay off my loan. That's what I'm going to fucking do. And then... I'll just set a couple of days a week aside for work and I'll make that a priority. That's smart, man. Because if I work fucking two days a week, if I do two Great Ocean Road tours a week and a day at Man With A Van, that'll be a grand a week. That'll be four grand a month that I'm making and my rent's 650. So I can pay two grand a month down and maybe I can, oh, I won't though because I'll be away for a week. Three grand, maybe I'm pay fifteen hundred bucks a month down off my loan, and then it'll only take me six months to pay off. Fuck, that's fucking brutal, isn't it? <laughs> Ten grand is so much money. 
<laughs> nah, no way. Surely it'll be quicker than that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I got to make a budget for myself. You know what? The next thing after I get trained up is going to be pay my loan off. And a part of that process will be coming up with a budget for myself and figuring out how much I spend and all of this fucking stuff. I like that. Let's get serious. Let's get fucking serious about money. Let's talk about it. Um, what else have I done this week, man? I've had some fucking incredible sandwiches this week. I really... Oh, by the way, I think that's going to be the, the picture for this week is going to be uh, when we pulled over on the side of the highway. I took a photo of the bus. I got out and took a photo of the bus and... Uh, I reckon that's going to be... I actually quite liked it. And there were like all the cl all the clouds rolling over. It was getting dark. Yeah. That's going to be the photo for the week this week. Um, I was very proud of the driving that I did that day. So, yeah, there we go. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, man, these, these fucking sandwiches, let me tell you. I did a, a day at uh, Man With A Van on Saturday and we had the coolest fucking customer, man. She was so dope. She she played classical piano as well. So me and her were talking about that. And I worked with this young Colombian dude who was cool as fuck as well. And we were chatting. And then it was a hard day. There were two sets of stairs at each end of the move. And she had a fair bit of stuff. A lot of it was pretty heavy books and crap. But the furniture was fine. It was just a lot of running. It was hard work, you know. And... Uh, She had an electric piano. She was a lawyer and she was just talking about how she plays piano and whatever, whatever. And uh, we were talking about classical piano and our favorite pieces and all this stuff. And yeah, at the end of the day, once we finished all the work, I uh, I was like, dude, can I play your piano? She was like, please. And I fucking, I played my Chopin Nocturne and it was lovely. And then... When we left, because I had messaged her off on my phone at the start of the day to be like, hey, we're here. So she had my number. So she messaged me and was just like, oi, you guys. Oh, she tipped us so generously. 70 bucks each, man. A fucking unit, this lady. And she goes, oi, you should go to this sandwich joint around the corner. Now, it's called Spazio Paradiso. Spazio Paradiso. Spazio Paradiso. I don't know how to say it. How do you say stuff without being a cunt? It's a real question. Do you hit the accent? Spazio paradiso. Do you go full hog and let people know that you're uncomfortable? Spazio paradiso. Or do you not roll the R at all and just say it like a dead shit and go spazio paradiso or spazio paradiso? You know, I don't know. I, I feel like when I go ruh, Paradiso, I feel like I'm giving it a little bit of extra sauce and I'm opening myself up for criticism, you know? And and I think the main thing in life is just to always act in the way that no one can ever criticize you. I think that's the best way to be happy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I went to this place. She recommended it was around the corner from hers and boy, oh boy. My sandwich was mortadella. Stracciatella, is that a type of cheese? And um, and green olives and crushed macadamia. Fucking hell, dude. 
just in like a panini. This fucking sandwich. I may not have ever had a better sandwich. It might be the best sandwich I've ever had, actually. And I'm just so excited about the way things are going in Melbourne with all these new sandwich shops opening up. Because then I looked it up and I went on. There was like a six new sandwich shops in Melbourne that you have to visit article on good food. And then there was another one called Ugo. What was it called? Ugo. 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 Ugo Cucina Popolare. Ugo Cucina Popolare. And I went to that on Sunday. And that was fucking outstanding as well, man. They had porchetta, the like pork, like roast pork with the crackling. And they just have that in five different sandwiches. So they have five different kind of spins on that. And it was on focaccia. And come on, cunt, who doesn't love a fucking focaccia? And I just like, I was talking to a friend about this, man. I feel like we're on the second wave. He said this and I completely agree. He said, I feel like we're on the second wave of sandwich culture in Melbourne where it's like the first wave was things like Nico's and, and uh, oh, what's the other one? Uh, I can't remember. But like toasted sandwiches, you know, big like Reuben's. That American shit, a mushroom thing, maybe a chicken schnitzel, whatever, hot sandwiches, and that's fine. I've got nothing against that. But the shit is a fresh deli sandwich. That's what you want, man. Something that's cold, because it's hot, man. It's, a, it's, it's Australia. It's a hot climate. Even though we're in Melbourne, it's a fucking, hey, you can't deny that it's a hot climate, all right? I'm sick of people saying it's not a hot climate. It clearly is. And the cuisine should reflect that reality. So I'm after a cold sandwich. Thank you very much. Maybe in winter I'll go back to a little toasty. That'll be chill. But in the summer, I want something fresh. I want some fucking nuts. I want put some nuts in there, bro. Chuck them in there. Have a bit of fucking tactility. Is that a word? Tactileness. Some texture. I just fucking loved it, dude. When I was eating it. And then I went down the road and got a couple things from a bakery as well. Bought one for my little Colombian mate. I was like, have that, mate. It's a little lemon tart for you. <sighs> this is fucking awesome, dude. So I was hot from that Saturday and Sunday. Excited about the direction of sandwich culture. I don't know why today, for some reason, I feel so earnest isn't the word, but it's like I'm giving some kind of lecture. <laughs> like, first I was talking about the parallels between religion and humanism in tourism in the world, and now I'm talking about sandwich culture. What the fuck is this? Oh, God. I just, I'm, I really am struggling to fight the feeling that it's just not, like, what's the point of this? I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't do this podcast, but I don't, I, I've done it for so long that I don't want to stop. It's almost difficult to entertain the thought that I might stop. 
And like, I feel like right now, what I'm doing with it is kind of chronicling my journey from the beginning of making this new show all the way through till the fruition of it, you know? And so it's kind of handy to have this podcast as like a record. And you know what, if I'm honest, like a part of me hopes that the show is really successful and then people go, how did he make that show under what that process was like? And I can be like, well, look, here's a record of it right there. I have a podcast that I did every week where I slowly teased out the ideas that have come to form the show. You know, there it is. I just don't know. I don't know who this is for. I guess it's for you guys who keep listening. I guess it's also for me. Um, but I guess today I just didn't really have any kind of burning desire to do the podcast, you know. And yet, when I started, I went straight into it. I, I had a good bit of momentum, so... That's where it's handy, I guess. Even when you don't know why, sometimes it's handy just to keep going. I'm feeling um, pretty good creatively at the moment. I'm feeling very taken by the piano right now. I sat down this morning for about an hour and tried to write some jokes. And you know what I have? I think I've got the joke that I uh, have been trying to think about, about the guy when I bought the piano case. And then um, the salesman was just like such a fucking dick. And I explained to him, I don't know why I tried to explain to him what the show was about, like as if he was going to fucking pat me on the head and give me a little kiss, you know. But he goes, well, what are you doing with the piano? I was like, actually, I'm a comedian. And I'm doing a And I go, I'm doing a show where I play classical piano and then use stories from my life to give a modern context to this music and explain it to him. And he just goes, and it, so so it doesn't sound very funny and that made me so fucking angry and I've been trying to write a joke about it and I think I've got the joke I think the joke is when he said it's not very funny you know it's annoying because that is a common misconception about comedy that it's about being funny comedy has nothing to do with being funny comedy the point of comedy is to uh, to take an audience with people from all different experiences that aren't necessarily the same, they don't have the same experiences as you and then show them what you really think about trans people. I think that's the joke. I think I've had a version of that joke for a while, but I've, I feel like that having a bit more run up on it maybe might get a laugh. I've never tried it on stage. I'll probably try it tonight. It's to take a... a Comedy has nothing to do with being funny. Comedy, the point of comedy is to take a bunch of people in an audience with all disparate experiences and then together explore what you really think about trans people. And then the tag is, and he was like, oh, what about immigrants? I was like, oh, you're right. Actually, immigrants as well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's funny. I reckon, I'm hoping that'll be funny. I want to try that tonight. But when I was writing this morning, I found myself so distracted. All I could think about was music. I just, for some reason, I was like, I wonder how you play five against three in a rhythm. And then I like mapped out five against three rhythm and then tried to drum it out to myself. And that just occupied me for like 15 minutes. Yesterday, I did my piano practice. I'm working on this Bach two-part invention and did a bit of work on that. And then after a while, I was like, I had this idea all last week that 
Um, oh, you know what? I think that might be the title of the podcast this week. I reckon the, the podcast this week is going to be called Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. I had this idea because the melody of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is so simple. It really lends itself to having different harmonies underneath it. And you can have a very simple harmony of just majors and minors. And then you can have a harmony of, of sevens and extensions. And then what I've learned from playing this Chopin piece is I've learned about um, diminished chords and how they can be used to lead to a seven, which then leads to another chord and they can be good kind of transition chords and they can take you out of an established tonality and listen to me talk. Fucking, I'm impressing myself right now. Um, but so I thought, I've, I've, I've always wanted to learn how to do chords that sound like they have that jazzy sound. And I don't really know how or understand it, like how to make that sound, you know, that like, you know what I'm talking about, the cool jazz sound. And uh, to create chords underneath a simple melody that'll make it sound like that. But since I've been playing the Chopin piece and noticing how he uses diminished chords and just listening to diminished chords, I was like, you know what, fucking maybe I will be able to do it with this new knowledge that I have. And so I tried and I achieved a bit of the sound that I wanted. And um, I did that for about two hours yesterday. And it's a, it's a, you know, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's only what, six bars. And it took me two hours to find some cool chords that I like the sound of with that, that kind of made sense to me in my head. And then I wrote them out. And then I played it and recorded it on my phone. I put it on Instagram. And you know what? I'm going to put it at the end of the podcast this week because I'm really proud of it. <clears throat> and I don't quite know if it conveys exactly what I wanted it to convey, but it sounds good enough to me that I was satisfied with the work that I had done. And the whole thing, I guess, is like, I did that for two hours and then I was like, what have I done here? Like, this isn't going in the show. I guess I felt guilty. I felt guilty about spending time on this thing that's just frivolous and fun. It's not going in the show and it's not even the work that my teacher gave me. It's none of that. But you know what? Like in that book about 4,000 weeks, that's just, this is it, man. I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to fucking spend two hours of an afternoon just making up some jazz chords for Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and play it and not have it be anything. It doesn't need to be anything, right? It's just cool to explore. I think that's what piano is for me at the moment. It's it's a cool thing that I just have and enjoy and explore. Um, and I don't need to beat myself up about that. Yeah, I had a lovely day yesterday, dude. You know what I did on Sunday night as well? I went and saw G Love and Special Source with some friends. And if you haven't listened to G Love and Special Source, fuck, it's the coolest music, man. Go on Spotify and listen to G Love and Special Source. Listen to Baby Got Source. Maybe the album, the self-titled album from 1994 is the one. And on Sunday night, he just played, it's him, G Love, and his band, Special Source a double bass and drums and they're the same it's the 30 year anniversary of that album 
or of the band coming together in 93. And it's the same fucking guys. And God, they're just so cool, man. It's just bluesy and he's rapping, but it's still the blues. The fucking bass player looked like he was wearing this old fucking hat that it looks like he just picked it up on the ground and he had long ass hair and his double bass. He was so funky. And the drummer, it's such simple drums, but he just fucking plays so hard. And then G-Love is, you know, it's completely different the way he sings it to the recording because he's just, he's just macking out, man. But there are so many cool, funny, like recognizable lines, you know, my baby got sauce, my baby got sauce. And of course, it's a matter of course, she does what she wants to because she's the boss. Please don't tell my friends about my situation because like they think I'm on some extended vacation. So fucking good, man. I love it. I fucking love it. And it was so cool to be in a room with people who love the music as well. One of my friends who I went with, I could hear him singing all the words too. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Someone came up to him, one of the members of Tripod, if you remember the um, the fucking Australian like musical comedy trio tripod one of the guys gatesy was at the show and he came up to my mate because i guess they know each other through comedy and he was just like dude we're at fucking g love like before the show and he was like man they're playing the album through i've heard they're playing the album that we all know and love i remember when he said that i felt like he goes you know the album that we all know and love i was like fuck that is like I thought it was just me who only knew that album and that he had a bunch of other stuff. But like, I've looked through his other stuff. It's not that good. It's not as good as the the one. And when he said that, I kind of realized like, oh man, everyone in this room loves this one album. And I do too. And we're about to just fucking listen to and play it and sing it from 30 years ago. What a special thing to be a part of. I also think I might've been among one of the youngest people in that room. (laughs) He made a joke about it at some point in the show. He was just like... I can see from looking around the crowd, there's a lot of happy babysitters in Melbourne tonight. (laughs) Oh man, it was so good. So good. So I think that's, uh, I think that's probably it. Hey, I think I talked about everything I needed to talk about. Had some good gigs on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, sick. Yeah, man. Once again, I'm feeling good. I got a good direction. No, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Was there anything? I went to a party on Saturday night and it was it was like, it was good, but there were some things that were kind of weird about it. And one of the things that me and my friends were laughing at was they put out a bunch of snacks like cheese and dip and biscuits and stuff. And then also on the table, there was just a mango. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> it's just a mango, just cut into thirds and then that's it. Like not even into cubes in a bowl. <laughs> it's just a mango sitting on a plate. <laughs> oh, that was a real fucking rib tickler. I think that's it for me, man. You know what? At the end of this pod this week, I'm going to put... Uh, the audio of my recording of me playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star with my funky ass chords. And you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go, no, you know what I'm going to fucking do? I'm going to first 
go over the route for the tour tomorrow. I'm going to do that. That's work. I'm going to do that first. And then when I'm done doing that, I'm going to cook my food for tomorrow, my HelloFresh. And that'll probably, it's one o'clock now. That'll probably take me through till like four. And then I'll have a couple hours to play piano before I go and do my gig tonight. I'm on first and hopefully I'll be home by like nine, 9.30, get in bed for a fucking 4.50 a.m. wake up tomorrow on a 16-hour work day. All right, you guys, you all rock. Thank you for listening and uh, I hope you're having a good week wherever you're at. I hope you got no debt. Or if you do, I hope you're paying it down and uh, I hope you're finding some time for yourself to do something just for fun. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.